Welcome to our masterful agents and investors nationwide. Today is Thursday, August 31st, 2023. And this is All the Leads Mastermind podcast number 444. Uh, we believe that Bruce is at a wedding in Key West. So we don't think he'll be here. And if he was able to attend, we he might not be in any condition to. No, I'm just kidding. He's having a good time down in the Keys. It's a bachelor party, I think, that's going on today. So you're stuck with Tim and I and the rest of our coaches. Um, Tim, anything you want to start with? No, not really. I, I, it was, it's been an interesting week. Uh, I'll just kind of, yeah, I will. I'll share, I'll share a couple of things because oftentimes we forget that there are folks who join us on this call who are literally just getting started and, uh, this may be the first time they're here. So I want to, I'll just take a second and sort of synopsize what we're all about, what we do. And I, I, I see a lot of familiar faces here. So uh, try to look extremely interested when I'm talking. Winston, you know, you got to look very interested now, buddy. <laughs> um, now I see a lot of, a lot of, a lot of wonderful people that we have come to know and love over the period of time we've been doing this. And every time there's a bunch of new folks. So obviously we're by our very name, we, uh, we are a company that certainly provides leads, but I think it's real important. We've been, I've had the opportunity over the last uh, two or three days to we're kind of working with our affiliate group and uh, some of our key influencers in the industry. And uh, we always sort of get to synopsize what it is that we do. And um, I think it's important that we, you know, know that from time to time. And it's particularly important for you guys because uh, one of our biggest sources of new customers in the last six months, it's become you. Literally, it's that word of mouth from the people who uh, are embracing what we do, who are following what we, you know, help you learn how to go do and using our services to be successful. So I want you to know kind of what we say when we get asked, well, what is it those crazy people do? What we talk about. So just a tiny little quick bit of history. When we started the company back in 2014, um, we were a lead company and that's what we did. We, we sold probate leads. Um, and in some cases, we acquired them from other aggregators. We went out and found some on our own, uh, but we were really not a, a data collection company at that point. We've always been a software company, and I've had a software company since the early 90s, uh, and we sort of built the company on the back of our my software company and Jim's industry experience. I've known Jim for probably two decades now, at least, and uh, we both kind of rode the... Uh, Real estate roller coaster in the the late two thousand or two thousand uh, six seven eight nine not in a pleasant way. We weren't riding it up; we were riding it down. And uh, over that period of time, we we suffered along with everybody else. And then in the kind of mid 2013-2014, the market began to come back. Uh, Jim sort of identified that probate was a unique market niche. Learned how to work it a bit, and started looking around for you know how to get more leads there and sort of figured out this would be a good place for us to work. Uh, with a couple of other fellows, some of you who you may know, we originally were four partners. Uh, we all kind of got together and formed a company. Uh, you know, they came to me for the sort of the tech side and uh, knowing that I had a background in the real estate side and we, we put a little company together. I had no idea what was going to, what this was going to grow into be. And we were fortunate to be successful early on, 
we found that there was a need for what we were providing. We we did a good job of doing that. People uh, bought leads from us and uh, began to develop, you know, some relationships. We also learned that a lot of people bought them and, you know, two or three months later, they were just gone. And so we realized that we had to help people do more than just, you know, have leads and buy them. And I've been involved in the real estate investment education side of our industry for a long time. And I know there's a huge difference between the amount of people who go through training and the amount of people ever successful. And so we decided to really do everything we can to help people implement. So long story short, we started out by printing letters for you. So you're prospecting. We took care of that. That has grown into a commercial printing business as part of our business. And now we print literally tens of thousands of pieces of mail every month. We're a postal service partner. Uh, we work directly with them. Uh, we get discounted mailing rates because of that. We pass that on to you guys. We're a short-run printing company for the purposes of what you do. So we can allow you to put your leads on autopilot when the leads come in. Uh, we'll put letters together at your request, uh, get them out to your customers. We let you know by sending you a copy of the same letter they're going to get, and you know it's time to go market. So we do that and recommend that you do at least a series of three of those over a 90-day period. Uh, we're increasing that in terms of what we think you ought to go do uh, to maybe throw some postcards in with that, maybe some lumpy mail. Some of you may follow the Frank Patrick discipline in terms of doing that. We support all of that. Uh, we have marketing implementation specialists who will help you do that and build the campaign for you. Once that's done, we recommend you follow up with phone calls. And we literally train you very hard about what to say, when to say it, uh, how to deal with all of that. We also encourage you to build a group of people in your local marketplace to make this a pillar of your business, to be building a bunch of folks that can help people in probate and lead with that rather than immediately pursuing the real estate. The last thing we want you to do is to be a predator. We don't want you to get the uh, phone call back accusing you of being an ambulance chaser or anything like that or a ghoul. Um, so we encourage you to lead with the things that are pain points for people who are experiencing probate. And that's typically because the property might be filled with the possessions of the person who passed away. And that's really the number one often pain point is how do we, you know, how do we force ourselves to go in and deal with, you know, Aunt Sally's possessions and how's that going to happen? And that usually causes paralysis. So good ways of helping you learn how to do that. Um, we've also built a, a product called pre-probate. And as opposed to that, starting with actual the filing of a probate and having a personal representative appointed. We literally start there with notices of a person's passing. In both cases, we take that data and we augment it. We literally run it through 30-something steps to make sure that it's as accurate as possible. The probate product is very accurate because we have court information. It's a filed piece of information, legal document. Pre-probate is not as accurate because we don't always know, particularly the example I always use if it's John Smith who passed away in the county of Los Angeles, California, um, there's probably a lot of those. So we have to, you know, we have to be sure that we are, you know, properly setting the expectations for that. However, for an investor, and a lot of you are investors, that's a great product because you're getting potentially quicker access to what's out there. Last thing I'll point out is that we also have 
a divorce product that we are increasingly focusing energy on. Um, not available everywhere. And we only make it available in marketplaces where we can acquire the divorce transition information on filing as opposed to on decree. After a divorce has become finalized, the opportunity is not anywhere near what it was if it's on filing, because on filing, typically you know at least one person's probably going to be relocating. Then there may or may not be a property that needs to be sold, but at least you know there's a relocation, so there's good opportunity there. Um, those are the kind of pieces of the things that we do. Last thing I'll mention is the cash advance program that we put together. And in the cash advance program, oftentimes when someone passes away, very frequently it creates a hole in the family from a financial standpoint. That person may or may not have been the breadwinner or most of the family's assets are tied up in what that person owned. And if they have to wait until probate closes to get access to those funds, that can be a huge hardship on a family. So we put a program together with a company that will literally advance funds to uh, make that work for the people that are in probate. And if, if there's a documentable proof that they stand to inherit, they'll literally advance them funds up to 75% of what the documentable inheritance looks like, and they'll wait until it closes. So it's a really good opportunity, and they base their interest rates on how long that might take to get done. And they're not, you know, they're also not predators. They do a good job of doing that. Um, so we do everything that we can to help you be successful and kind of kick the crutches out from under your arms. And if you want to be successful, we'll help you get there. Build probate and the transition business as a part of your industry and a pillar. And that's what we refer to it as. It's a pillar of your business. And I know that sounded like a long commercial, but we frequently get asked. And so I want you to understand that you're part of a, a company that literally, you know, we got 40 something people who are working every day to make sure that you understand everything you can understand and we'll help you do anything we can to be successful. That's my story. And you're sticking to it. And that's the reason we're here today. Tim and I have been, uh, right before this call, we got a, a long webinar, a long podcast. And, uh, Tim had said, when it rains at fours, we have a number of groups that are reaching out to us and we've made some really new contacts. We assume that there are uh, some people on this call that have never been here before. Uh, so for Winston and Bill Gross and all the others, we apologize for that for that recap. I know you know what we do, but it, it's good to be reminded for sure. Um, and along those lines, we're here to help you guys. Um, what's on your mind? Raise your hand. Questions. There's no... Bad question. Nothing's too simple. Um, I, Eric, I don't know if our coaches are here. If you want to unmute them, do. I don't see anybody's hand up yet. Uh, I don't. Tim, are you monitoring the chats? Does anybody have any questions chatted in yet? Look at and and we're kind of good. If I think the thing that people that we want you to know is that if you have a a a success story, if you have something you'd like to share with us, we'd like to hear about it. And you know, oh, that's that's what we're here for. We want to hear good things. We also want to hear your questions. If you run into a, a particularly phony situation where somebody's asking you a question you didn't have an answer to or something in a local market or or you just want to talk about what's cooking in your local market. What are you doing? Uh, you know, what are the people that you're talking to? What are they saying? Uh, you know, that's what we're here for. This is a community. So all you got to do is, is pop down to the bottom and you'll see down there, there's a thing called reactions. And on that, you have the ability to raise your hand and just click on that and raise your hand. Uh, Eric, are you 
potentially monitoring. And Howard, I see your hand up. Get to you in just a second. Um, are you monitoring? This is also going out over Facebook Live, and and is somebody monitoring that as well? And if so, uh, please push that stuff back to us in chat or in Slack, and we'll get those as well. And Howard, you uh, got your hand up there. We're going to ask you to unmute and fire away. Hey, thanks, guys. I've been following you guys for a while, and actually, I came up with uh, a script that I had seen on one of your uh, podcasts and everything, and I do call out the uh, the probates and everything. A success story I had was we called a uh, an heir who lived in Chicago. I'm in New Jersey, by the way, Hunterdon County. Uh, so we called an heir. He was out in Chicago. His mom had passed away in Warren County. I told him, I said, look, we can take care of everything for you. He's like, oh, it sounds great. We had the uh, basement cleaned out, and we took pictures of the property, and then they were going to move some of the furniture out and everything. We got offers over asking. From the time, from the time I called him to the time we closed, sixty-four days. Wow! When it went so smoothly, he told me he's like, "If you hadn't have called me, I don't even know if it would be on the property right uh, on the market right now." So. I always start with the phone calls and then email. And then if I can't get a hold of the people, I start mailing them letters. And I mean, I, I mailed a letter to a woman in Massachusetts. Her sister had passed away in New Jersey. She sent the letter to her attorney in Florida. Her attorney looked me up and called me and said, Hey, you sent the letter. I looked you up. You look pretty good. Can you help us? Sure. I'm here to help. So. Great. I think reaching out all the time and, uh, you know, following up with people is, is really key and just being there to provide, you know, like I have, I built houses for 18 years, so I have contractors that can fix things, you know, do trash outs. I work with the seat companies. I work with attorneys, anything they need. I can help with. Well, that's the key. You know, you're, you're singing the song that I was talking about is that you built it's part of your business. It's your business practice that's there. You literally can cover their needs. And that's what's important. You've got the experience to do it. You know what to talk to them about. You know where their troubles are going to be. Easy to find the pain point. And that's great. That's exactly what it should be. And and as you're doing it, it just becomes a habit. It's That's what you're doing. I think that's awesome. How long have you been doing, doing probate and working it now, you said? Um, I would say maybe a year. Great. Maybe less. Howard, you've been in the business. Go ahead. Go ahead to the show. I mean, there was, there was one earlier this year that the woman, uh, her sister passed away and she's like, I don't want to list it. I just want to cash fire. I was like, okay, well, can I come take a look at it with one of my cash fires? She's like, sure. So he's a friend of mine. So we went over there, we looked at it. We made her an offer and she said, sounds good. So we bought the house from her and told her, look, you can leave whatever you want in the house. I will take care of it. Cause she was from, you know, over like two hours away, big furniture. She was tired. Yeah. We closed in 10 days ahead of schedule. Everything went smoothly. So happy. Howard, you've been doing this. You've been in real estate 18 years. You've been doing probate. No, 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 no. I built houses for 18 years before real estate. Oh. I've been here. I've been in real estate about nine and a half years. Okay. And you sold houses you, for like a developer? 
or no, no, I was a I was a builder with my dad. Oh, you built houses for I get yeah. it. So all right, so you've got you know nine and nine. You know you've got nine years. You know nine years as a builder, approximately nine years as a realtor, and you've been doing probate for a year. I'm just curious how it compares with your prior real estate experience as far as do you find it easier or more difficult? Are the people easier or more difficult to deal with? Uh, is your conversion the same or better? I mean, how do you compare it to your prior business? Uh, well, I'm kind of different because I specialize in distressed properties. I would say, I mean, we've sold probably over 300 houses in nine years and over 200 of those have been REO. It, so, you know, I just, I don't, I don't go after traditional real estate. You know, probate is a specialty. Um, I do pre-foreclosures. I do foreclosures. I call people on the sheriff's list. You know, anywhere I see like random houses on the side of the road that look stressed, I call those people. So, you know, probate is honestly, I would say it's a little bit it's easier than foreclosure. Definitely. Right. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easier in dealing with the banks and the banks are constantly cutting. You, you were a, a foreclosure agent for the lender or the bank? Yes. We worked with uh, a bunch of banks. So okay. In 20, 2019, we sold 112 houses in nine different counties in New Jersey. Wow. I've got a good friend that I worked with and coached with for years. He was just a, a mega foreclosure person in uh, Southern California. He was doing three, 400 a year. And from one year to the next, the bank, I, I don't remember the lender, but they informed him that they were cutting his commission by, it was something ridiculous. They were going to go from 3% to one and a half. And he said, uh, no, thank you. I'll get back into something regular real estate again. So that's that's the problem. I, and I don't know, is is that end of it competitive? Or once you get that, are you still doing that? Yeah, we are, but um, it's really slow right now because- Sure. There's just not enough coming through the sheriff sales yeah. because a lot of people are either filing bankruptcy or they're working out a loan mod with the bank or, you know, they're just, there's a lot of, actually a lot of properties are being sold to investors at sheriff sale. Yeah. Yeah. So there's, there's no properties going back to the bank, you know, and the, the market really needs the foreclosure. You know, people are like, oh, you know, foreclosures are going to come and then the market's going to crash and this and that. Like, no, the market needs these. They're going to come on and they're going to disappear so fast, you're not even going to see them. Yeah. I know our share of sales here are just incredible. You know, you, I've monitored them in Florida and people are paying 100% of what they're worth. I mean, it's not uncommon that they're going to 90 to 100%. They're, people think they're going to get a deal on a share of sale. I mean, it happens. It happens, but, uh, you know, that is just yeah. a hype competition. There's, there's so many investors that haven't been able to, uh, get a property for so long and they have the cash that they're yeah. just, you know, they don't really care what the profit margin is when they buy a property at the sheriff's sale. And they're just, because I work with a couple of investors that, um, that buy at sheriff's sale. And he told me, he's like, you feel it buying these properties, like at retail price. Yeah. Plus, you have the fun, the fun, the funds that are buying them. And all they care about is the cap rate. You know, they don't. Yeah. They almost don't care what the property is worth if they can get an eight percent 
cap on it. And, and on the other side with the probate, you know, I have called people and they say, oh, well, there was a reverse mortgage, you know, it's underwater and this and that. I told them, don't worry about that. I can get that home sold at no cost to you. You don't have to pay a thing, just a couple documents. I'll get it sold. And some people, they're just like, no, I don't, I don't want to deal with it. And they'll do a Dean Lou. Yeah. And I'm like, please don't, don't do that. Cause like, and I can't tell them like, Hey, you know, I work on commission, so this would help feed my family. You know, I can't say that. So. We, we've been, uh, my wife's done over 2000 short sales. She started a short sale company, uh, 09, late 08, 09, when the market crashed in. We've been pleasantly surprised over the years that a, a significant percentage of the people, even though there's nothing in it for them, they don't want to see grandma's house go to disrepair. You know, they want to try to do right, and that's the right thing. That's what I, I try to tell people. I'm like, look, you know, I can get a family into this home, you know, yeah. and, and they can enjoy it like your family did. Sure, you know, and that way it it can be maintained instead of you know bringing the, the home values down in the neighborhood. Exactly, exactly. Great, yeah. That's a great way to. Great, great, great leading line, you know, that appeals to people's, if they had fond memories of being there and that was something important in their lives, that's a great way to put that. I love that. That's a good line. And, and I would mean it as a line that's very sincere. You know, it's like let another family enjoy the same thing your family enjoyed. That's a great, that's a great idea. Hey, I got one quick, had nothing to do with real estate. Quick question. I know where you are and I, I'm very familiar with your market. Is Ernie Holmes still alive? Uh, Larry Holmes, rather. The boxer. Uh, I, I'm not sure. I know the name. I'm not, I'm not a boxing fan. He lives in Easton, and that's real close to where you are. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's right across the river. Yeah. So I thought maybe you might know that, because he, he's, he's from the Muhammad Ali era, and he was, I think, the last, uh, the last fight I ever saw that he was in was he fought uh, Muhammad Ali, and I watched it at the Garden State Arts Center on a big screen. Yeah. So anyway, this is kind of an off wall question. I haven't had a chance to talk to anybody from that area in a while. Jim and I have a running joke. Mentioned any city in the or address of the country and he used to live there. <laughs> I've, I've had to move to stay ahead of the law a lot of times in my life. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I actually lived in Saddle River and then I lived down in sort of the Freehold Tower Howell Township area, both. Sure. Yeah. Yeah, if you want to, if you want to stay on, I don't know. Casey uh, raised their hand there. She may have a question for you or a separate topic. But if you want to stay on, looks like you're driving somewhere. We we really yeah, appreciate. I'm just, I'm just walking into the gym, so I'll, I'll listen. All right. Yeah. All right. Appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks for the input. Appreciate the input. What's up, Casey? All right, guys. Okay, I think that was a perfect segue into my question. So I got a property under contract last week. Um, woman received my letter, uh, gave me a call and said um, that she's the executrix of her friend's home. Um, it's been vacant for two years. It, she had a reverse mortgage on it. Now it's going into foreclosure and uh, the house needs cleaned out. It stinks and um, she needs help. So I came in, got it under contract and started doing a lot of the clean out. Um, now, in the meantime, I'm trying to get a hold of the the bank and um, and have them delay the the sale date was set for September 6th, but I'm having a hard time getting a hold of them. Um, so I've tried calling on the phone. They kind of push me off and say, send an email. And I send an email and I don't get a reply back. So I've never done this before. So I'm just kind of reaching out to see what, um, what advice you would have. 
What state are you in? You help her? <laughs> oh, I thought you was asking me. What's, what state are you in? Pennsylvania. Pennsylvania? Okay. Okay. Um, I'm actually, I just learned this because um, I'm dealing with a sheriff's sale in Pennsylvania now. It's different than New Jersey. So in Pennsylvania, you don't call the sheriff. You have to call the attorney for the bank. And in order to speak to that attorney, you have to have a third-party authorization form, which you can find online. I have just a generic one. Uh, some banks have their sp own specific one. But once you talk to somebody and get an email, you send that in and follow up, then they'll, they'll speak with you about the property. And if you can say, hey, look, you know, like the one I have listed in PA, uh, he was on the sheriff's sale list. And I said, hey, look, we've got this property listed. Uh, we have a full price offer. Here's the contract. Here's the listing agreement. You know, we're going to be closing on this date. You know, can you please um, have an adjournment? So the attorney calls the bank and says, hey, here we have all these documents. Would you be willing to do an adjournment? Which they did grant us. Um, and then their, the attorney will get the payoff letter and speak with the title company and be able to close. So, yeah. You see a plan. Uh, Go ahead. Go ahead. That'll which, which is usually on the, um, the sheriff's sale filing. It'll say what the attorney's office is, and then you can just call the attorney's office and say, hey, I represent so-and-so on this address of a property. You know, I have a third-party authorization form. I'd like to speak with somebody. Yeah. So, so we don't have a buyer yet, um, but I'm, you know, in the process of prepping it to put on the market. So would they still grant that, even though it's not like a 100% transaction yet? Casey, are you listing it or are you flipping it? So it's a novation. So it'll be listed on the open market. I see. And, and is it is there significant equity for the seller? Not significant. Um, they'll she'll end up with uh, about thirty thousand. Well, that that's that's significant. Um, yeah. In, in our experience, Howard, I don't mean to interrupt you. In in our experience with the short sale company. One pretty basic rule of thumb is they almost always require that everything be into them 30 days before the sale date. So you've got kind of a short fuse there. I mean, if you, you said the uh, the sale date is in six days, right? Yeah. In, with the sale date in six days, even yeah. if you had a, had a contract, you're going to have a hard time getting it stopped. Do, do you know, do you have a good attorney that would... Uh, step in and, you know, just file a bankruptcy to get the sale stopped relatively cheaply? Or does the seller know someone? Um, but I, yeah, I have an attorney that could do that. Yeah. You, yeah. What, you, what county are you in? Um, so this will just be Cumberland County. Yeah. Cumberland. Okay. I'm less familiar with that. What's the main city in Cumberland County? Mechanicsburg. Okay. That's what I thought. Right. Right. Yeah, in my opinion, it's going to be pretty tough given the short fuse there to get the sale stopped voluntarily. You're going to need an attorney to file something. I, you know, that varies. So, so I mean, in Florida, we got an attorney that'll do that for two hundred fifty dollars. Some attorneys want to do a full fledged bankruptcy and charge the sellers that. Oh, yeah, Jim. I think you got frozen there, buddy. We can't hear you anymore. Yeah, I'm not too, I, my computer rebooted real quick. Sorry about that. Um, 
I said, with the short fuse, I think you're going to probably have to get an attorney involved to stop the sale. And, uh, yeah, and if, it's, if you could find one that would do it relatively, let them know that you know you could represent the seller at the closing. What would you charge just to file? It, it's it's basically just a uh, a very simple bankruptcy to get the sale stopped. And okay. uh, and, and I would think if the seller had to spend five hundred dollars or even a thousand to get that done to to recoup thirty thousand in equity, it'd be worth it. Yeah. For sure. Now, if you had if you had two months, I think in my experience that um, that uh, you know the, it would work trying to contact the lender. But almost without exception, they require everything to be in thirty days before the sale date, and you're you're less than a week away. Now, we had one in California where um, I call our agent. The sale was scheduled for Monday morning. Our agent walked the seller through what to do. He said, "Go down to the courthouse." File an uh, emergency petition that the seller went down there, did it, and got the sale stopped. So hmm. I would have a conversation with a really good attorney and ask him, "Is this something that we can do easily, or do you need to file a bankruptcy?" And they'll they'll tell you one way okay. or the other. But for the seller, I mean, you're you're a hero if you, you know, even if they have to spend a thousand, you know, to for an attorney, and you're saving thirty thousand worth of equity. I mean, you know, you more than earned your commission there. You know, don't let it, don't let it go to sale if you can help it. I know you know that. And Casey, I, I want to add one other thing that you know Jim brought this up, but there's also is the is the person who's the personal representative. Is this somebody that are you are you close to Mechanicsburg? I'm about 45 minutes south. Okay. So if all else fails, one of the things that you can do, and you know, it's worth it's certainly worth trying. There's enough in this to make it worth your while to do it. If you don't aren't successful at doing what we talked about, and I think you can be if you hustle and you know try to get that done now, I think you can find an attorney that'll help you do this. But if not, show up, show up at court, bring the PR with you, and literally try to petition the court on the on the court floor and see if you can be heard there. See if you can get on the docket, ask to petition the court, uh, call the clerk of courts, ask to see if you can you know start asking a bunch of questions, you know. Play dumb and see what what happens. You've got nothing to lose by trying to do that. If you can't get mm-hmm. it done with an attorney, show up because they're not there. They want to help the consumer. They're not there to try to you know give it back to the bank. They will try to help you if you find the right judge, the right people. And in court, you might find just the right person that's dealing with it. You might find an attorney who will help you right there. So show okay. up. Yeah, I agree, Tim. Like the case in California, I thought the guy was it was a lost cause. She went down there the morning of the sale, and petitioned, and the and the judge stopped it for her. Yeah, you know it. It, it depends on the judge. Yeah, and I've been in I've been in probate court and seen that very thing happen, where someone showed up literally waving documents in their hands, and you know, the judge said, "What? What is it? What do you want?" And you know, the the person stood up and said, "Your Honor, I I I don't know what I'm doing. I here's my circumstance." And he said, "Approach the bench." And, you know, she went up and talked to the judge and judge said, step over there, sit aside, wait till the court's over. And he said, I'm going to suspend the case. We'll talk when it's over. And hmm. so you've got nothing to lose by taking a shot at doing that. I'm not telling you to work, but, you know, all else fails. Don't give up. We encourage you to try and do what you can, but you're trying to help somebody. Yeah. What a great success story for your future marketing. You know, 
I went, hey, listed a property with the sale in seven days, and I was able to stop it and put thirty thousand dollars in the in the seller's pocket. In the seller's pocket, that's great. That's because you went the extra mile. That's that's really yeah. the, what I'm saying is, you know, you you got to put yourself out there sometimes. Nothing ventured, nothing gained, but that'd be a tremendous story for you to tell if you're successful doing that. So I would encourage you to not give up for sure. And uh, you may find a fertile ground that you don't even know is there. So give it a shot. All right. Thank you, guys. Let us know next week. Next week will be the day of the sale. So let us know next Thursday. I'll go. Yeah. Even if even if you're not successful, you know, let's let's uh, let's hear it. Somebody also suggested that uh, you might want to sign up with uh, Legal Shield, and maybe the paperwork could get done uh, uh, cheaper and easier. And you know, somebody else, the same person said the the clerk of the court can advise you about what other people have done. And that's kind of what I was saying. You might call the clerk and see what's going on there. So I think it's important to to look at it that way. I think, you know, just pull out, pull every straw you can find, make it work. Okay. I think, I think we might've muted her again. Um, okay. So we've got, um, <laughs> I see somebody. Here. I'm sorry. What? We have Mardetta raised her hand just out. Oh, good. Go ahead. I was looking at some of the text messages that came in. Uh, Martinetta, go ahead and you're, unmute yourself. And Thank you. Help you with? I just had a question about with the last conversation, because we've been talking about probate, and now we're talking about you know, bankruptcies and foreclosures. If, who's filing the bankruptcy? The decedent's dead, right? So who is filing this bankruptcy? The estate? The estate would be the estate. Yeah. On behalf of the estate. Interesting. Yeah, the executor could be really? on behalf of the estate, sure. Oh, okay. So that's cool. So I, I'm new to this program, but years ago we were doing a lot of short sales, and we had the same situation like you just talked about. The guy had a date for his for the, to sell. The court date was the following Monday. We put the house out. We did a, a, a cut price, the highest and best offer, and I went to the courthouse with 35 offers on the property. <laughs> they stopped the sale. We say yes. we, we did a short sale. He didn't get to keep the house because he was way upside down, and a sure. bunch of other stuff happened. But we were so it was so exciting to stop the sale of the house, and he got to live there for almost another year before we finally got it sold. But yep. kind of a funny thing because his attorney said there's absolutely no way you can sell this house in a week, and we had 35 offers. We weren't we didn't pick one yet, but we had with 35 offers, the judge knew we could get one. The, they said sure, so it was kind of fun. I must yeah. have been your customer standing there holding all those papers in their hand. I was. I was. <laughs> that's great. That's awesome. Thanks. Yeah, people underestimate the the judges. I mean, the courts tend to look at the lenders as the big guy, and the uh, you know the poor beleaguered uh, mortgage holder as the little guy. I and mean, you'd be surprised how often they'll go out of their way to 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 extend every possible you know courtesy that they can and. You know, and give them give them a break. So it, it's it. I, I think you show up like on something like that. You have you got a, a decent shot. I don't know what the odds are, but it's certainly worth it. Yeah, that's for that's really that's that's exactly right. I think you know if if you don't show up, you're not going to get anywhere. And if you do, you've got a shot. That's what's important. Yep. Mernetti, you still doing you still doing a lot of short sales? <laughs> They're not out there anymore, are they? <laughs> Everybody's got equity. Very little anyway. Yeah, my wife was doing 30 or 40 a month and now she does three or four. It's, you know, it's a, 
it's a part-time job, but there you'd be surprised. There are still some areas of the country that have them, but nowhere near what they were. Fortunately, you know, I think we're all glad of that. Okay. I've got a couple of questions, Jim, that have come in on text. Sure. Uh, one of them, this is one, I think that's kind of right up your alley. Uh, cause you kind of like these opportunities it says, how involved should I get when there are multiple heirs involved and they're not getting along <laughs> in principle to put it lightly. It's right. a very heated situation. It's getting in the way of me being able to really help them. Any advice you can offer? Yeah, the best deals I ever did, um, uh, flipping houses were with, I remember one of them had 12 ears. And honestly, by the time they split up the money, it, you know, taking $80,000 less didn't make that much difference to them. Uh, it can be good as far as getting a good deal. It can also be difficult getting everyone to agree. But typically, um, you got to have the ear of the, of the executor, obviously. Um, is that person able to come on uh, live or is it, it was tech, it was chatted in? Uh, okay, if you, yeah, if you've got the ear of, of the executor, typically they are the decision makers. So, I mean, it's not, Tim, Tim, correct me if I'm wrong, but it's not a vote. Um, you know, they, they, it's one person was put in charge and it's up to them. Uh, now they do have to, re- you know, they have to represent the interests of the estate and they got to be sensitive to the wishes of their siblings. And, you know, they don't want to get, they, you know, they don't want to, have it be a family issue. But for the most part, if you're dealing with the executor, that one is authorized. And, uh, you know, if there is some specific issue, often if maybe one of the heirs is living in the house, um, I don't know what the particulars are. If you're, if you're still online, maybe want to chat the particulars, but I mean, we've had cases like that where, you know, one of them's living in the house, you just got to go find him another place. So every situation is a little bit different. Yeah, you kind of got to be kind of got to be a psychological counselor in a lot of cases because it's but it's kind of the same thing that we said before. Find out where the pain is. It's typically one of the heirs that's causing you that problem, you know. And yep. in a in a family, a lot of times there's a lot of unanimity between everybody but one, and it's that odd person that's out who's always fighting with everybody. Well, you need to you need to get with that person. That's the, that's where you got to focus your time. Talk right. to that. Say, look. I got the, I got, you got to get that. You got a problem here. How can I help you? What do you really need? What are you looking for? At least tell me what it is. Let me see if I can help you and find a way to get the personal representative to turn you on to that person rather than, you know, letting it be more of the family dynamic. Try to step in and mediate. Again, you've got nothing to lose. And if you assert yourself as a person who can help mediate it, then you're a winner. That's the thing that's going to help. And like Jim said, some of those best opportunities are one where everybody's fighting over it, they think there's a lot of money in it. So you can you can be of great assistance there. Sure. For sure. Uh, Jim, I got one more that kind of, kind of might be good for you as well. Give me a second. I was uh, going to say to your last comment, a $100,000 discount is $8,000 a piece. It's, it's, a lot, it's a lot easier to get, in my experience, to get a good deal on a house with a lot of equity if there's a lot of errors. So take the good or the bad. Yep. Go ahead. Um, the, this one is, they've got a client that feels that their loved one's personal property is worth so much more than it actually is. And it's mostly because of sentimental value. How do I approach helping them understand the true value of their property? Put emotions aside. Don't want to hurt their feelings. It's something I should take on or seek assistance from a mediator or let the attorney handle that battle. And I'll, I'll answer, but certainly want your opinion. Again, 
you're, as you become more familiar with this, you're going to learn how to do this yourself. And you become the person that can help get that done. But a great way to do it is say, well, which particular items that are there do you feel are of really high value? Let's maybe get an appraised value of those specific things. Maybe not from me, but from, from somebody that I can put together to literally give you an appraisal of them rather than you telling them it's not worth anything. You know, let me pick, pick, you know, six items that you think of your aunt's possessions that are most important. And maybe those are the ones that are important to you. The other thing is, you know, if you'd like to remove those pieces of property and deal with them on your own, that'll be great. There's nothing, nothing to prevent you from doing that. And you could deal with them, go sell them yourself and you can make that money and we'll take care of everything else. So those are a couple of approaches I have. Jim, you got anything that you'd suggest there? No, the only thing that occurred to me is if it's some valuable piece of jewelry or something and, you know, if one person wants it and the other one, you know, more than one person wants it, um, you know, tell both of them, you know, if you think it's, or tell the one that wants it, if you think it's worth that, make the estate an offer, you know, maybe, maybe we'll give you a discount on it. <laughs> we'll sell it to you. If you think it's worth 10 grand, uh, how about if we uh, count that as 7,500 of your, uh, of your, of your uh, inheritance? I mean, you know, it, people will people will overvalue something if it's uh, hypothetical. When they actually you got to write a check, they'll make get a little bit more realistic. Sure. Yep. Flavio, Flavio, you asked uh, about who pays for trash out and what are the typical rates. Again, it depends on the property itself and what's there. If indeed there's a lot of valuable property, oftentimes the an estate sale company will come in and clean it out for nothing as long as they get to sell it. So it, it literally depends on what's there. If it's just trash, typical rates aren't typical. It depends on your market and who you find that might do it. If they're going to have to get paid for it and they're literally doing a clean out and disposal, that's very different than you know something where there's value. So I think it's something that you've got to learn how to assess that and sort of figure that part of it out. Can't really. Yeah, hey, Tim, there's different models too. There's different models too. Go to, uh, um, is it estatesales.com, estatesales.org? The organization we recommended, I believe that's what it is. But there, there is a national association of estate sale companies, and you may want to look there. There's different. There's definitely different models. There's there's companies that'll come in and clean out everything for free, but they get to keep everything and sell it. Um, there's companies now that the last that I checked, it's been a year or so ago. The going model seemed to be now, it was like um, it, it was more of a um, of a, uh, uh, you know, that you you were the client and they were your representative, and they will sell everything for thirty percent of the proceeds, you know, or whatever it is. So, and and there was a with those kind of companies, there's accountability. They'll come in, they'll have everything valued, they'll sell it. Um, they get a percentage, you get a percentage, and then you know, out of the proceeds or whatever's left, they'll get rid of it and donate it to charity. So, and and those are probably a little more reputable because you really know what the stuff is worth, you know, if you're getting a full accounting, but I think it's estatesales.com, estatesales.org. Uh, there's an ad. So you may want to just check out the models of two or three different estate sale companies and, you know, and compare them, see what makes the most sense. Great. Good, good answer, bud. Yep. Um, Michelle has asked probably one of, one of my favorite, favorite questions that we get. She said, uh, what would you say is the most difficult aspect of prospecting probate leads? I was told these are the most difficult types of leads to go after. So it is, it is extremely typical 
that that's the perception of, of our business, that they're the most difficult leads to work with. The reality is, before we came along, you'd probably be right. Um, and I don't mean that to sound boastful, but we've tried to do everything we can to make it easy for you. And the reality is that the challenges with probate are twofold. One is that sometimes it's a longer sales cycle because in some cases, probate's got to get closed before the property can get sold. In a lot of cases now, that's not the case. And you can carve the real estate out of the probate and sell it well before probate actually closes. So you've eliminated that that length problem. The other side of it is it's the dynamic, the family dynamic and the stuff that goes on there. And we really know how to help you deal with that and make that easy. So I would say, yes, there are issues with that are different, but if you develop the expertise and the facility to talk to people who are in transition, it is probably the most lucrative one that you could find because it's evergreen. People pass away every day and people are needing to sell that property. If it's in probate, very often that property is going to change hands within six months of the person passing away. So if 65% of all things that go to probate have property in them, and I'm not saying that's a valid statistic, we oftentimes quote that based on anecdotal data, we don't know for sure. But if that was the case, then you know, you've got an opportunity for in every every time you get your lease, maybe 65% of them are going to have a house or more that are going to, to transition in a six-month time frame. And that's a pretty darn good source of uh, revenue for you if you build that as a pillar of your business. So I think it's, it, it, I appreciate you asking the question. We just encourage you to try it and see if we can uh, help you learn how to be really good at doing this. And the biggest thing is you got nothing to be afraid of. Nobody's going to bite you. If you don't lead like a predator, if you lead with value and you lead from your heart and you're, you're a giver and you're trying to help people, this is a real easy business to work in. You can be proud of yourself when you do it too. And Tim, I'm not sure if the question was meant, I, I didn't see it there. Was it meant more for getting them closed or getting the deal? Because in both cases, um, honestly, what gave me the idea for this company was in my own real estate experience, I always found probate to be extremely easy because you're dealing with an absentee owner that's out of town. Um, you know, they it's found money. Um, you know, they have to sell it. To split it up among several heirs. And even when I started making my calls, I was a little apprehensive. I tried it for about six months before we started the company. I never had a single person get upset with me. So from the perspective of prospecting, I found it to be infinitely easier than FISBOs or expireds or any other lead source because the people, their phone wasn't ringing off the hook. Nobody else was calling them. Uh, they wanted to hear what I had to say and there was no competition. I found it to be really easy. And if you've got a good attorney, um, you don't you don't need to get tangled down in any of the legal aspects. And all these issues that we talk about and all these one-offs, um, I did not have a single one of those in the time that I was doing it. That was a, it was a limited period of time, but these are really one-offs. Even all the services that we say offered, you know, the estate sale company, the clean out group, 80% of the time I never I mentioned them, but the people didn't want them. Just get the house sold. You know, that's all they want. So uh, I personally, I found it to be easier to deal with the people. And sure, there might be glitches along the way, but they're the exceptions to the rule. They're, it's not common that you're going to have problems like the things that we talk about on this call. So having said that, it's a great segue into 
We had two more questions coming that came in, and I'll take them both. And to let you know, we'll take anything that comes in. And this is a, a not too flattering one and a rebuttal, Jim, to sort of what you said. And I happen to kind of get the feeling of knowing where this person is. They said they got the first set of leads, and nobody's answering the phone. And one person who did said, please take me off your list. I got 100 phone calls today. What to do? And I will say that there are marketplaces where, uh, you know, maybe data is more available in a public record format. And so people are either shotgunning the marketplace or doing anything that they can using power dialers, lots of stuff to happen. That's why we always say, make sure that you put your letter out there and, and you've got a document that's in their hands. And if you're leading with that, if, if somebody told you, you know, take me off your list, I got 100 calls today, that's great. Say, look, I'll be happy to do that, but please look for the letter that I sent you. It'll talk about what I do. I'm not just here to try to buy property from you. If, you're, if your message to that person is about the real estate, and that's the first thing they're hearing from you about, that's a bad way to start. And I'm not suggesting that's what you did. I'm saying that you should be leading with, hey, I understand that, you know, you, you're the personal representative for uh, XYZ. And, you know, I wanted to tell you what I can do to help. I specialize in helping families who are in probate. Here are the things that I can offer. Don't talk about the real estate. Talk about all the other things that you do. The real estate will come if you provide value. And to the person that sent that in, I don't really have the information because it came in from a phone number. Uh, please contact our support team. Please, you know, avail yourself of the training that we have. We offer a bunch of training for free. Uh, you can drop in probate foundations and, in about two and a half hours, you're going to get a real hard, good look at what we do and how to do it well. So that's an important thing to consider. And we give a lot of this away because we want to help. We lead with the same and, thing. And Tim, to be fair, this was 13 years ago that I did it. I understand the the phones ringing. In in many markets today, it hasn't changed that much. You know, maybe they're getting three, four or five phone calls. In the markets where it is competitive like that, that's why we came up with the uh, pre-probate program. Where you can you can be the first investor, the first person to reach them before the probate is even filed. So if you're in a market like that, and that's really accurate that you feel like it's hyper competitive, yeah, do what Tim said. But you may want to look into our pre-probate program and get to the people first. Yeah, and just be aware of this also. We we don't saturate the market. We don't go out and, you know, see how many, you know, hundreds of people that we can sell leads to and go do it, eliminating any competitive advantage anybody might have. We try to make sure everybody got the opportunity to be successful. And if we're doing the mailing for you, which is what we want to do, we make sure that whatever you put out is unique, that it's not the same thing that, you know, they're going to get from somebody else. And we make sure that all of the mail is unique, that, you know, you really are getting a chance to put your best foot forward. Last question that we have, and we're kind of getting close to the top of the hour. It's an, I'm in uh, Los Angeles County, California. And what happens if an estate hasn't filed for probate for over nine months? So. That's one of the more interesting things about this. It depends on the motivation. You know, you don't, it depends on what the, and I'm not, not going to use LA as a specific example. In some states, there's no immediate requirement for filing probate at all. Um, the, it doesn't have to be done. And if a person has a property that, you know, passed with joint tenancy, right of survivorship to a surviving spouse, and that's all there was in the estate. And, there's really nothing that changed hands and there wasn't a lot of cash or anything else. They may not even have to file. It may not hit the threshold for filing probate. But it also is true that in some circumstances, they just don't get around to it. 
the you know fusion and burning they haven't done it yet and nobody's done anything what happens is nothing until that probate gets filed literally nothing's happened if it's been eight months since the person passed away um you know it, it may be even longer than that if you can get in touch with the people that are dealing with it like jim said in pre-probate you may find that there's an air floating around out there who will move it forward if you can get in touch with them so the pre-probate product might be something you might want to look at for that. Um, so I, I guess it's, you know, it's kind of whatever, however you want to look at it, but sometimes there's not a real requirement to do that. Jim? Yeah, we've heard we've heard from our subscribers, you know, why did I just get this probate when the person died 10 years ago? Because they heirs just decided they wanted to sell a house and they just found out they need to file probate. You know, it's that simple. Yep. Or again, joint, you know, maybe it's a surviving spouse. All of a sudden, you know, while, uh, you know, John passed away two years ago, uh, now, unfortunately, Mary's health got bad. She's going to need to move. And uh, in order to do that, they've got to close the property out. And it wasn't in her name. She stayed there and all that. Now you got to go to probate to get it done. Uh, so it all depends on was there a will? Was it passed in trust? You know, there are a lot of factors that, that control that. But those are the outliers. In most cases, you're going to find it's either there was a will or they died in test date and the property needs to get moved. Probate is one of the most certain things that property is going to move in transition. And, and Jim, like, like, like we talked about earlier, we do spend a lot of time talking about outliers because being able to have the expertise to be able to handle the outlier makes you uh, look like more of a professional to people, whether they need it or not. But uh, I don't want people to assume that your typical deal is is in my experience and what we hear from our subscribers, they're more like what the gentleman who was going to work out <laughs> shared with us earlier. Sent out a letter, got a call, went to help him. Uh, and then the one where, you know, the one going to foreclosure, she said, Yeah, come on over, sign the contract. 80% of them in our experience or better are like that. The 10 to 20% we talk about because, you know, we have solutions to help you with those, but they're not going to be your typical deals. You know, don't let that don't let that scare you. Hey Eric, do you have do you have the the slide for uh you know our August stuff? You could pop that up real quick. Uh we've got only a couple minutes left here and we don't have everybody's hand up and we're gonna close out, but I just want to let you know it is the end of our month. Uh we've got our folks working hard that make a living and love to work with people and we'd like to add some more customers and help change some lives the rest of this month. So we've got great programs that we offer. We've got some specials and things like that, that uh, we like to offer at the end of every month. This is a great time to go do that. And if you'd like to participate in that, uh, Eric, are you hunting for that? I can't tell, but yeah, Eric may have run off on us. <laughs> anyway, uh, if you will oh, simply. My mic wasn't working. Sorry. Yeah, no, I don't have that currently on this computer. Okay, that's fine. Um, if you'll just uh, uh, certainly reach out and contact us, We'll be happy to work with you. It's www.alltheleads.com. Uh, that's a place to start and hop in there and uh, just flip on the check your county format. We'll tell you if your county is available. Uh, if it's not on a waitlist program and we can help you right then, we'll do it. If you'd like to call us direct, please do that. It's 844-532-3369. And we'll be happy to help you. We've got salespeople standing by that will help you. We've got marketing implementation specialists to help you build your business. And we're anxious to grow our business and help you be successful. So 
We're excited about it. Thanks for all the great questions today. Uh, Jimmy, it is flat two o'clock. We hit it on the button. Send us home. Yeah, Matt. I was going to say we did that on purpose. So now they have to call to find out what the special is. <laughs> <laughs> so, hey, guys, I want to thank each and every one of you for being here today. Really appreciate it. Really appreciate those that actively participated. I want to challenge each of you to take one idea that inspired you on this call. Go out and put it into practice. And please come back next Thursday and share your results with the group. Great call, everybody. Have a great week. Talk to you the same time next Thursday. Take care. Bye, Steve. <laughs> Bye, Winston.